Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we are going to discuss the lie of national security and the tariff agreements with the EU, Japan, and Great Britain. Welcome, Carly. Well, thank you, Miles. I have to tell you, I'm a little uh, concerned about this topic. Well, I know when everyone seems to roll their eyes when it, Miles is close to the edge on politics, but I assure you, today's podcast is nonpartisan. We have been suffering for years in manufacturing, and now it is painfully obvious that the lies that the federal government has been using to justify strangling our manufacturing businesses from the raw materials that we need, they're just not true. Okay, I know you're passionate about your government affairs work. Actually, I love how passionate you are about your government affairs work. But the tariffs issue's been around since the last administration initiated them. And as I recalled, you were pretty steamed then. <laughs> as I said, Carly, this is nonpartisan. I am an equal opportunity critic and today is my date of event. Uh, I mean share. Uh-huh. Okay, well, share you will. What do you have? What is really needed is to end the lie that these tariff schemes are somehow upholding our national security? National security is the last thing being protected by these tariffs. How so? The government is actually throwing obstacles at the steel and aluminum using manufacturers like our shops that make the critical items our economy needs. That's not improving our national security. It's making all of us and all of our families more vulnerable. It weakens our economy, drives costs higher, fueling the rampant inflation that's hitting us all. You've experienced personal inflation, right? Yes, it's painful. Our shops are unable to get critical materials, materials needed for mission-critical and life-saving products, like medical products. I spoke with a shop owner a, a week or so ago that was unable to source a fairly routine grade of stainless steel here in the U.S., so they brought it in by air freight from Switzerland. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. They flew in an airplane, stainless steel bars from Switzerland to the States just, just so they can make the parts that were needed? They flew it. Flew it. Flew it. I, I don't even like to send a, a letter by airmail that costs a fortune. I just, uh, the logistics alone. I, I can't imagine. And, you know, there's probably another podcast there on what they had to do to get steel bars out of customs at an airport. I have no idea. That, but that shows the desperation. It, it also shows the dedication our small precision machining shops have to serving their customers. They're going <laughs> to Switzerland and to the airport to pick up steel bars. Wow. But here's the insult in that whole deal. Even though there was no viable domestic supplier with reasonable lead time, the company brought in those bars still had to pay the tariff on the material 
protecting an invisible, non-existent domestic non-producer producer. Well, that makes no sense. So they tried to get it in the U.S., cannot get it in the U.S., and they're going to have to pay the tariff to get what they need, and they have to go outside of the U.S. You're right. No sense. No sense at all. No sense. Now, because the steel companies are protected by this, now that it's a tariff rate quota scheme, instead of making the products that the market, their customers actually want, right, the grades where the steel companies just produce the grades where they can make the most margin. That's why the company I spoke with couldn't find any material of the grade, quality, and size that they needed. It was a niche item. The big boys couldn't be bothered. And so? And so the American consumer gets to pay more if they can get the products at all because the government is protecting the steel companies with these dishonest tariffs. Okay, dishonest. You keep coming back to this dishonesty and lying issue. What's up with that? Well, if we use the lens of truth in advertising as a way to look at an issue, or more precisely, truth in naming, these tariffs were originally claimed to be about protecting national security. In fact, it is the exact opposite. These tariffs actually act as a sanction, kind of like an embargo against the steel and aluminum using industries located here in the U.S. Cardly, let me ask you, typically, who does our government hit with sanctions or embargoes? Ooh, okay, um, North Korea. Check. Iran. Check. Gotta be Russia. <laughs> right? Russia. Right. Russia, <laughs> right. They hit these bad actors with economic sanctions because they're bad actors. Not just hostile to the U.S., but hostile to humanity. They are proven declared enemies. All right, so what's the point? What on earth did the steel and aluminum using industries do to be on the receiving end of economic sanctions that we typically reserve for regimes committing crimes against humanity. Our shops are making components that make life-saving, life-improving technologies that empower a better life for all, and these, these, these folks are basically putting us under an economic embargo. Okay, it's difficult to see the national security angle, because how can our national security be improved if they make it more difficult or impossible in some cases to get the critical materials that our shops need? Exactly. If we ignore the lie that it is for national security, then, then we're free to look at this justification through another lens, dare I say political, but again, nonpartisan. All right, be careful. I don't like it when you get close to that edge. Well, I'm not taking a selfie, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple of hundred thousand steelworker jobs that are being protected by these tariff schemes. Is that national security? Or is that a crass appeal for votes? You don't have to answer that. That's a rhetorical question. Okay, but well, okay, if that's true, how many people in the metal-using companies and their families are being hurt by the impact of this tariffs on their jobs? Carly, that's the critical question. 
How many millions of jobs are in industries that use steel in their production process? 12 million. But 12 million is anybody that's using steel in manufacturing. If we look at intensive use, where steel is actually 5% or more of that industry's total input, it drops to 2 million jobs. 2 million jobs is one-sixth of the total number affected, and it's still 10 times more than the number of steelworker jobs claimed to be protected by these tariffs. Where's the logic? Those are some serious multiples. Multiples. How does that logic support our national security? We'll take care of 100,000 or so at the expense of millions. Yeah, the math doesn't work on that. It's, it's not working. As I said before, the government is throwing obstacles at the steel and aluminum using manufacturers that make the critical items our economy needs. That's not improving our national security. It's making all of us and our families more vulnerable as it weakens our economy and drives costs higher, fueling the rampant inflation that is hitting us all. And we can't have strong defense, we can't have strong security with a weaker economy. Okay, I can see your point. It's the equivalent of putting sanctions on our key industries as if they were the global bad actors or enemies. And now is a horrible time for that to happen. I mean, we're especially vulnerable between the land war, the global pandemic, the global conflicts, the, the chip shortage, the shipping crunch, the workforce crises. I mean, they are currently impacting the manufacturing supply chain. And that's, that's exactly right. And because of these lie-based tariffs for national security, U.S. steel and aluminum using manufacturers can neither secure the raw materials that they need, nor can they obtain them at competitive prices. And I might add, nor can they find them locally. Right. <laughs> air freight from Switzerland. Gotta go air from Swiss. Wow. Unbelievable. It really is. The hot roll price for steel, that's the basic price for steel, the steel itself. We call it hot roll band. The hot roll price for steel in the U.S. is $522 higher than it is in China. That's awful. 522. 522. More. More. Yes. Oh. Yes. Lightening these tariff schemes that pre-existed into the tariff rate quotas that started in January with the EU and then in February with Japan and now the Great Britain one that was just signed into effect. That's sweeping the truth under the rug. Lightening these obstacles doesn't really improve our competitiveness. The system's going to be gamed. People are gonna grab opportunistically certain grades and then their competitors, the smaller shops, are gonna be unable to find material. This whole scheme of tariffs is based on a lie. And our economic strength as a nation and our national security that is built on that economic strength, that's the real victim. Okay, so what can we do? You, you made your point. You made your point, but now what? Well, thanks for acknowledging that I might have made my point. 
I feel pretty strongly about this. I can tell. Yes. But you're using logic and facts. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Contact your local officials. Share your pain. Give them specifics. Ask them to justify how this national security excuse that we can all see is untrue. It's like groupthink, right? Mm, it is like groupthink. Well, it's actually group stink because <laughs> it doesn't add any value at all. It's untrue. PMPA is working with a coalition of other metal-using manufacturers, the Coalition of American Metal Manufacturers and Users, and we'll be happy to help you connect with them as well as with our team in Washington, D.C., so you can be effective in making your voice heard. Contact us at PMPA. We'll help you connect. That wraps up today's podcast on the lie of national security and the tariff agreements with the EU, Japan, and Great Britain. Thank you for joining us. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org, where you can also search for articles, webinars, more podcasts, and other resources. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, because you don't want to miss one. And if you aren't already taking advantage of PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see all we have to offer. And why is a PMPA membership important, Carly? Because, because we, we are, are better, better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Mike.